Good day, everybody. My name is Carlos. Welcome to My Life Without Limits. And um, it's been quite a while mm-hmm. where, where we we met Leah and I again to record. So this is this is a fun time. Um, but I want to introduce Leah, which is the co-host of this show, the brain of the show, and uh, everything from this show, right, Leah? Well, you play your part too. It's okay. That's true. (laughs) But yeah, you were away and at home in Mexico visiting family. So we took a bit of a break, but did you have a good time? You had a good trip reconnecting with family? I did. I did. Yeah, it was pretty relaxing. I brought the rain, which we needed. So Mm. (laughs) we we needed the rain. So it's good. It's good to be be with family for a little bit, Mm -hmm. kind of go a little bit away from from my regular tasks and uh yeah yeah everybody needs a break it was quite quite good for my mental health too as well yes yes oh that's good Good glad to hear that right um well um we do have a amazing amazing guest today that once again leah came across Mm -hmm. and um they're authors uh and uh, or authors and then Mm -hmm. Leah, I would love for you to introduce these two wonderful ladies to our guests so that we can we can go on with the show. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about them. Um, came across an article about a, a really cute little book. So I thought I would just reach out because, you know, as everyone knows, if you've been listening, we've had a few authors on recently. And I'm just really enjoying that. But I'm also a book nerd. So I'm always <laughs> kind of <laughs> happy to meet, you know, authors and have a new book to add to the collection. So we are welcome, welcoming Anne-Marie and Christine with us. So I don't know, Anne-Marie, do you want to get started just by introducing yourself and letting us know just a little bit about you? And then we'll, we'll just get into everything about you guys. Sure. Thanks so much for having us. So I'm Anne-Marie DePape. Um, my background is as a developmental psychologist and uh, we're here today to talk about the book that I co-authored with Christine Qualia. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book is meant for children, um, usually around the age of four to eight. So we're looking at some of the, the younger ages. Um, and one of the things that we'll talk about today is uh, the main character, Shadow. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about how he's more than just a pet. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's what I like. And yeah, your background, when I was reading your guys' bios on Amazon, I was like, wow, you guys... <laughs> You guys got pretty extensive backgrounds. I'm excited to learn more. Thank you, Christine. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us today. We're, we're really excited to, to be here. And uh, I am Christine, the co-author of Charlotte's Shadow, along with Anne-Marie and our great illustrator, Kenzie Edge, who did such a beautiful job mm-hmm. of bringing the book to life because mm-hmm. You know, words are important. They they shaped the whole story, obviously, but it was actually emotional for the both of us when we saw these characters, um, the way we had seen them in our heads, yeah. actually take shape on a page. And it was a very cool process to go through that. Um, I'm a social worker. Mm-hmm. I work at our local university. I'm in Windsor, Ontario. Um, and I work with students with disabilities in accessibility services. Um, And I also have a disability myself, um, a congenital neuromuscular disorder of an indeterminate uh, nature. Um, So I've been dependent on the use of 
mobility aids throughout Mm -hmm. most of my life. I became more dependent um, the older I got in the, you know, bigger and taller and whatever I got, the the greater the fall risk, the more um, I needed to become increasingly dependent on a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So that experience and, you know, sort of um, thinking about how it shapes this book and what we wanted the book to say. And, and Anne-Marie's got experience with disability as well in her um, professional life, working with children with autism and lots of other things that she's done. Um, that was the lens through which we really wanted to tell the story in order to make sure that it was a representative story. Right. Um, yeah. But I also universal because we don't want a child who maybe doesn't necessarily have a disability to, to think, or a family without a child with a disability to think that this isn't a book for them too, mm-hmm. because it really is a book for anyone who yeah. understands love and friendship and especially the unconditional love between a child and their pet, no matter what role that pet plays. Um, so it really is a, at its heart, a universal story, which is what we wanted very much. Oh, that's perfect. And did you guys know each other before? Like, how did you get connected, the two of you? Yeah, so we met uh, through the University of Windsor. So Christine and I were both undergrads there. Um, I was taking psychology. Christine was in English and psychology. So we overlapped in some of our courses and bonded through some of the the experiences with midterms and some of the challenges that that come from going to school. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, we've kept in touch ever since. I went on uh, to get my PhD and I um, lived in in different cities than than Christine. I'm, I'm currently in Tilsonburg, Ontario. So um, it's a friendship that's that's grown over the years. It's been over mm-hmm. 20 years. And it's wow. something that we've always talked about, that we wanted to write this children's book. And sort of oddly enough, with COVID, even though there's been so many challenges associated with the pandemic, yeah. it really gave us the opportunity to sit down um, and, and commit to the book that we've always talked about doing. Oh, I love that. And I'm finding that with a lot of our guests, that a lot of people actually have really great things that have come out of the pandemic. And now I'm thinking I should have been keeping track and, <laughs> but that's okay. I just think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. We all lost track of something in the pandemic for sure. So yep, yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. I absolutely yeah. love that. And is writing a book, like always kind of been something that you wanted to do, or did you just kind of come up with that together? Well, to Anne-Marie's point, like we, it, it's really interesting because for the bulk of our friendship, we've lived in different cities mm-hmm. and it just really goes to show like, it doesn't matter where you live, if there's a bond and there's a friendship and, and even a family ship, because we, you know, we've lived so much life together, yeah. your, your family at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So that geography didn't matter and it continues not to matter. Um, but in terms of like writing the book, as Anne-Marie pointed out, it's something we had always talked about in this sort of abstract way, just because mm-hmm. of how our interests were aligned. Like I've always, I've always written a little bit like for, you know, different magazines or blogs or things like that. I was an English major, um, maybe like a frustrated journalist. I'm not really <laughs> sure, but, but I've always, I've always written in it sort of informally and and occasionally it's been published or whatever yeah Uh, but in terms of a children's book this was just something 
that we sort of held between us. Like it wasn't an independent project that someone was going to, like I had intention of doing on my own. Marie had intention of doing on her own. It was just always assumed that this was something we were going to be doing together. But Mm -hmm. again, to Amory's point, like um, it, there was always something else, right? Finishing school, starting a job, Absolutely. you know, working through a move or, or, you know, first home ownership or whatever <laughs> the case might have been, stuff going on with family. Like, and, but then COVID, there was literally nothing to do. You can only like bake so much and eat mm-hmm. so much. And there was bread, right? Did you guys bread. have a yeast, a bread starter? Everyone had the sourdough starter. <laughs> I didn't even attempt. I, I didn't even attempt that to be honest, because that would have ended in a disaster, certainly. So <laughs> there was, yeah, but there was a lot of baking of other yep. things and eating. And then eventually it was like, okay, there's literally nothing left to do. Yeah. I, I, I Netflixed all the Netflixes. I, yeah. you know, there's nowhere else to go. And we just, instead of like, you know, and there were definitely moments of, of, of sadness and frustration mm-hmm. that everyone experienced during the pandemic for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think we were um, fortunate in the sense that we sort of made the choice to channel that into something a little more, yeah. I don't even know if productive is the right word, but just something we'd sure. always wanted to do, right? And and um yeah, so I guess productive would be the right word. It's like, okay, yeah. how do we take, you know, the sadness and the fear and the it's like what are we gonna do with it other than, you know, ruminate upon it? And so yeah. we were like, Okay, let's do this thing that we've always talked about and literally yeah. never had the time for. So yeah, no, that's how I feel about us with the podcast. Even we've talked about it for so long. Of, mm. Well, we should do this. We should do that. And then you kind of don't. And then when, you know, pandemic and we were doing so much virtual, it was like, okay, well, maybe this is a good time to actually do this so we can yeah. still stay yeah. connected to people and, and stuff. And I mean, a book, I mean, it's, there's no better platform than online when you're doing a book anyway. So that's, it's a really good project to do. Yeah, and we were able to work well together virtually. Like, like I said, the, a large part of our friendship has been virtual. In mm-hmm. So we had, and then you know, bringing Kenzie into the mix was um, a, a little bit of uncertainty because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, we'd never worked with an illustrator before, and we didn't know. But um, we really found our rhythm there too, and she would send us things, and we would mark them up, and. Um, so that it, it all unfolded really nicely. We were pretty oh, fortunate. Good. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun. I always wonder how challenging it is to write a children's book because it, it's, it's seen, even though you might have a few words here and there, you might have more words. It, it's, I think it's even more 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 challenging because you're targeting to in this case your book is for children for four to eight right so so you got to make sure that you're you're using the right words you're using the right i don't know the light the the right characters how how challenging it was for you guys to to write this book was was there a time that you were like frustrated because you didn't know you know you didn't know what else to say or, or if you were saying the right things, was it frustrating for you guys or was, was it challenging or was it easier for you guys to write this book? I think once we we had an idea of the concept, it made it easier to write, but there definitely was 
um, a lot of discussions at the very beginning, trying to get a sense of what are we going to write about? You know, mm -hmm. what do these characters look like? Um, you know, even the scope of it, right? We wanted to we wanted to have this lesson about disability and we wanted to focus on representation, yeah. but we wanted to make sure it was kid friendly as well. So um, definitely a lot of discussions were had uh, with, with Christine and I. And um, one thing that we decided on was that we wanted it to come from a dog's perspective. Mm -hmm. And so once we had that, that was kind of the thing that just brought everything together. Um, and the reason for that is we wanted there to be this relationship with Shadow, uh, the dog, and Charlotte, um, who is its owner. And we wanted kids to really see Charlotte, who um, kids find out has a disability, mm -hmm. and it's revealed at the very end. Uh, but we wanted kids to develop that bond with her and to really see uh, Charlotte from Shadow's perspective. And so having that bond between the two of them was just something that... Um, just came so naturally to us. Both of us have dogs. We know the, the bond that can exist with pets. Um, and so once we had that concept, then it was just a matter of kind of putting down um, how Shadow sees Charlotte. And, mm -hmm. and what we conveyed was that he really sees her as a superhero. And so it, it's a very unique perspective. You know, the Aww. way that he describes her, he describes her as being larger than life. Um, and what's interesting about it is because her, her physical disability is not revealed until the very end, um, kids often go back throughout the story and they look at the illustrations and then that's when they realize that she is in a wheelchair and Shadow is performing these different types of tasks mm -hmm. uh, and that he's more than just a pet. He's actually a service dog. Yeah. Did you mention, oh, sorry, go ahead, Christine, go ahead. Oh, no, no, please go ahead. I uh, said so you didn't mention that of the the disability shows at the end of the story. Is that something that you guys wanted to do to show it at the end of the story for sure? Or or was it the purpose of it? Or or was it just, just that came naturally and be like, I don't wanna, I just wanna put it at the end because that's the way it flows with the story. Yeah, that was very intentional on our part. Mm -hmm. And um, it was because we, we felt really strongly about um, letting Charlotte be seen as a person first, yeah. a person who happens to have a disability second. And Anne-Marie came up, it, it really was her innovation to have um, the story told from Shadow's perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, it was such a great one because no one is going to see a child, especially the child they're bonded to the most mm -hmm. through more clear, unobstructed eyes yeah. than someone who loves them unconditionally. And yeah. nobody's going to love Charlotte um, as unconditionally as this boy shadow. Mm -hmm. And so he was the vehicle through which we could see her as not only a person, but an extraordinary person because mm -hmm. she is all of those things and yeah. she happens to be in a wheelchair as she is all of those things so it really created um a unique perspective and a unique um lens through which to see the world of this book and and to have a narrator who is a dog mm -hmm. was really kind of this just really neat um twist in the book like you don't see that very yeah. often and and it, it, you to go back to your challenge question writing something that you want to be powerful and you want to address all of these big themes like 
perspective taking and and unconditional love and empathy and friendship like those are big things and to try to pack a punch in a small children's book it's like writing an essay when you only have a page to do it versus 25 pages right it's a totally different thing and I'm I'm really proud to say I I think we did rise to that challenge but Mm -hmm. her that reveal at the end you know is not rooted in any type of let's try to hide yeah that she Mm -hmm. has this disability Mm -hmm. it was intentional because it's just not the most important thing or the most interesting thing Mm -hmm. about her. Like Mm -hmm. it's there, but it's not, it's not that interesting compared to all the other things and all the other and whatever else she and shadow bring to the table. Doesn't describe her personality, doesn't describe her, her emotions, which is what you're trying to to show in the book. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome because we were talking today, Carlos is doing a presentation to a young class next month. And we were talking about, you know, I think they were aged five, four or five. And it was, you know, talking about inclusion and cerebral palsy. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, you know, when it's that young, you know, we have some books and stuff, but, you know, so maybe that's something that you need to add to your, your list. Mm -hmm. Carlos is writing a, a children's book, you know, kind of like that about you know, maybe that's, yeah, something you should in that way. When you go do presentations, you've kind of got, we had somebody in our parent group on Facebook too, looking for a, a kid friendly video about cerebral palsy. And it was like, wow, there's not really a lot out there (laughs) that, you know, really explains it for kids really quickly, like not too long, something just short and quick. Well, if you, you decide know. to come, if you decide to do that, Carlos, come to us. We've got, mm-hmm. we've got experience with what this looks like. So. Yes. I'll, I'll definitely do. Sure. Yeah. Definitely I think do. it's great. Was yeah. Charlotte based off anybody that you know, or was it just you? She's just a regular kid, or did you have somebody in mind? We definitely wanted her to be, you know, independent, fiery, and Christine and I have talked about that uh, one character that reminds us of that is Anna Green Gables. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so looking at Anne as kind of being that that fiery person who yes. you know, just wants to take on the world, um, yeah. you know, and, and going back to the previous question, just wants to be seen as a person first. So the wheelchair is something that helps her, um, you know, get around and, and shadow definitely contributes to that. But really somebody that wants to be seen first and um, mm-hmm. seen as, as a kid, her age doing things that other kids do yeah yeah it's interesting though like yeah the fiery temperament like Amory's talking about you know for me I I think of Anne with an E like Amory said I also think of um Eloise at the plaza you know that little girl just like running rampant all through this hotel and just taking on everything that she sees in her path and telling people she has inner resources (laughs) you know she's like a six-year-old girl saying yeah And, um, but now with the benefit of hindsight, looking back on the book, I'm not going to lie. Like I see a little amalgam of my personality of Anne-Marie's personality. And that wasn't intentional. Like we were, we're not like narcissists here who are like, we're going to fashion this child exactly like that. But I think it's not possible to not, you know, see yourself even a little bit and use a little bit like, you know, Charlotte's, um, you know, her thoughtfulness, her, um, 
precision with her decision making her you know those things would be Amory but like other things with like you know her sense of humor or mm -hmm. you know the way she's just like I'm gonna do this thing I'm not sure how but I'm gonna do <laughs> like that that's all we right so, yep. so I think it's just kind of interesting to and that really talks about how universal of a character she is because Amory doesn't have any type of disability and there's pieces of Charlotte in her or vice versa and the same goes for me right and I think you know one of the things we that was important to us was this aspect of, like we wanted Charlotte to be a representational character mm -hmm. not just because she has a disability and has a service dog in a wheelchair but also temperamentally right and so because like for me and I've I've talked about this a little bit before when I was a kid in the 80s and I'm a total book nerd, like you, mm -hmm. like over the pandemic, I read almost 300 books because yeah. I was like, oh, nothing <laughs> else to do. Time to pick up a book again, you know, yeah. like, it was like five minutes had passed since I picked one up. And, but when I was reading children's books in the eighties and thankfully this is changing and we're so happy to be a part of that change and proud mm -hmm. to be a part of that change. I wouldn't see myself in the pages of those books. Yeah. So when I imagined myself in the book after reading it, I was never in a wheelchair because it was like, and I didn't know this at the time, but my mind was like, oh, you better remove yourself from the wheelchair because you're not going to fit in this narrative with, with right. Otis. And so it, Charlotte is so important to us on so many yep. different levels because of who she is, but also because of what she means to, to yep. kids, maybe like me, who are in a wheelchair and don't often see themselves in the pages of a book so we're yes. just we're just so proud of her <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really important it's like with the little mermaid you know the new one where all these you know the little girls who are seeing themselves now with this new little mermaid who has the same color skin as them and yeah. just the just the oh it's just so beautiful to see them so excited and and wow. it's also interesting how disruptive that is to some people's sensibilities in yeah. terms of, oh, well, like, can you actually be a superhero if you're in a wheelchair? Or can you actually be yeah. the, and I, those conversations are so good and so important because yes. the answer is, of course you can. In yeah. Shadow's eyes, of course, Charlotte is a superhero. And I think in, to a lot of people, she is. Yeah. And same with the little mermaid. So we're, we're proud and happy to be part of that changing concept of yes. what things mean. Like, what does it yeah. mean to be a superhero? Well, it means to be someone like Charlotte. Right? Exactly. Right. You don't have to fly and be the strongest person right. in the world. It's right. yeah. It's more than that. Yeah. It's other things. So cute. I just love the idea. And my cousin does, um, she works for Aspen dog services here in Edmonton. So she trains, she's a, she's a puppy trainer and stuff for their oh. dogs. And yeah, I think she'll appreciate this book too. Cause I know she'll post pictures sometimes with a dog that she's trained. That's now meeting, you know, it's forever friend. And then, you know, the bond between them is going to be incredible because dogs are so loyal. <laughs> Yeah, they so are. We've been featuring some of those service dogs um, on our uh, Instagram page. Oh, um, cool. so yeah. That's a, another thing that we're trying to do is, you know, really yeah. trying to promote the the difference between a service dog versus a therapy dog versus emotional support dog. Yeah. Um, so if anybody's interested, they can follow us or check out our Instagram page because we've been profiling different agencies Wonderful. and showing that 
bond that you're talking about. So um, yeah. people that the handlers are actually talking about, you know, what it is that the, the support dogs are doing, how they've changed their life and just really changed their outlook on having a disability. So many yes. of them have said that, you know, they didn't want to talk about their disability. They just, they didn't understand why they had it, you know, and it just falling into depression and, and different mental health issues. And then having this support from this animal and this unconditional love, like we've been talking yeah. about changes their whole perspective. Yeah. That's something that I've noticed, um, you know, TikTok being a platform that's been so great for raising awareness that a lot of, um, people who do have a service dog when they, they'll film, you know, when they know their a seizure is coming, you know, they're getting prepared and then they show the process of what the dog does. And, oh, it just gives me goosebumps all the time. It gets so emotional because it's just like absolutely incredible to me. It's like, wow. You know, like we don't, we don't deserve those dogs. <laughs> well, the yeah. people who have them do, but man, and, this... we're, and the people we're featuring, we really give them the space as well to share their own story because yeah. we don't want to tell the stories for them. Like they, right. nobody's going to have insight into it like them. So they're telling us about their challenges and their successes. And like Anne-Marie said, like all the different aspects of what the dog um, does for them. And yeah. you know, it's been, it's such a neat um, learning aspect of mm -hmm. our social media. And that's one of the things that social media is so great for, you know, it whether is. it's TikTok or Instagram, um, if used correctly, it's such a powerful platform to really educate people. And, and that's what we're hoping those stories and, and highlighting those EPCs is. Yeah, that's, it'll make a difference. We'll make sure that people know how to get connected so they can go and see that. We'll put all that info in the show notes and stuff. Cause I think that's important for them. For sure. And I will add your book to my collection because I really want to read it in some of the classrooms of the kids. Mm -hmm. I think they will be, will be very excited. I was looking at, you guys have a little bit of a promo video on Amazon and I was like, Oh, I wanted a little bit more, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's what we were going for. That's what we were going for, yeah. So, yeah, uh, gotta get more. Was it, what was the publishing process like? Is it independent? Like you guys do it yourself? I know Amazon makes it so, well, I think they make it easier now for people to get their work out. So how did you find that process? So we created a, a company called Little Books Press. Mm -hmm. um, so we um, created it so that we could uh, publish this book and potentially um, even build Charlotte Shadow into a series. So that's something Ooh. that Christine and I are currently talking about. Um, oh, she goes off to college. She goes, gets married. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, get out of our heads. No, I'm just I kidding. know, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, we, we just think there's so much support. Yeah, <laughs> we published it ourselves, and then it's it's uh, released on Amazon. So um, yeah. people uh, can purchase it either in a hard copy um, or in an ebook. Ebook, yes, yes, awesome. That's good because that's accessible as well. You know, people like the yeah. That's good. A lot of our um, and our clients and stuff they read read through their iPads. With, with sorry, their sorry if I repeat the question, but. So that means that you can get the book through the Little Press company that you created too, or only through Amazon? Is it so Little Books through Amazon. Yeah, only through Amazon. Little mm -hmm. Books Press is like our imprint that oh, we imprint. published under okay. because we just, we wanted to have as much, you know, creative license and control over the characters. Okay. Yeah. We, we think these characters have so many worlds and lives left inside of them and we kind of mm -hmm. wanted to 
be the ones to make sure we knew where they went. So we formed Little Books Press for that reason. And um, then Amazon is our, our sole distributor. At oh, the so sole. Okay. And it's a, you know what, it's a great distributor. I've, I sent some other books um, down to a teacher in Lethbridge and it was just so much easier than like physically taking them yeah. and putting them in the mail. I just ordered them and sent them over through Amazon. It doesn't get <laughs> better. And, and we're really lucky. There's some small shops that have expressed interest in putting a few, which is great. You know, oh, good. Love, yep. love the brick and mortar. It's awesome. But yeah, you're just not going to be able to wing a book away as far as you want it to go with such ease than, than yes. Amazon. So th that's who we went with for. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I think that they're a great platform for that. And it's just, it's just, and just to make it a little more simple for people, you know, who have a good story to tell like that, that you don't have to go hunting around for a publisher and, you know, you know, try to sell the book when it just can be there for people. I think that's, that's been really good. Yeah. And sell the book and also maybe alter it in fundamental ways that you don't necessarily want to do, but then in order to get it published, it's sort of like, so now we just got to um, have, you know, sort of free reign over these mm -hmm. characters that we love so much. And we're, we're, yeah, Amazon provides a great opportunity for people looking to get into the publishing market to, yeah. to go for it. So yeah. we're, we're fortunate to live in this time and to have yeah. that as an option for us, for sure. Yeah, I agree. There you go, Carlos. <laughs> get your book written. <laughs> yeah, every time I, every time I get all these authors, so it's pushing me towards trying to write a book for sure. Yeah, for why sure. not? you got lots to say. For sure. That's for sure. Did it help with your, did we talk about that? If it helped your mental health a little bit while you were writing, like the process of it, was that anything good to kind of help? Cause we talked about it helping to get you through a pandemic when you're kind of, you know, but did it, we just like to talk about mental health a little bit, yeah. what you guys do. So did you find it therapeutic in its own ways? I think in general, I find writing therapeutic because yeah. one of the things I had a, a dusty old blog that I dusted off at the start of the pandemic because I'm yeah. like I have to channel all the things that I'm feeling and thinking about and and certainly worrying about like I did um feel my anxiety get ratcheted up a yeah. few notches with you know at the outset of the pandemic and yeah I think words whether through reading or writing have always been a very um therapeutic and helpful mm -hmm. space for me and and certainly writing a children's book is yeah. definitely going to because it's playful and it's fun and it's joyful and it's humorless and it's uh, humor 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 yep. sorry <laughs> um and it, it 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 can't not lessen any you know maybe sadness you're feeling that day or funkiness or or anxiety or whatever it's it was definitely um a nice distraction and it, it just it, it was a feel good thing it felt mm -hmm. good to do it from from yeah for me um yeah and I think in in my case it was it, it felt good to kind of take some of that anxiety and then to, to apply it to something that was tangible right like mm, there, there was yeah. a sense of control that we had that okay there's a lot of uncertainty around us but we're doing this it's something that we've always wanted to do 
And then, you know, having it published and then coming back and having kids come up to us and, and <laughs> saying, you know, there's so many kids that, that, that say they have a dog named Shadow or there's a little girl that comes yes. us, up to us and has, you know, her name is Charlotte. Yeah. But then even seeing um, our books in schools and libraries and, and, and actually seeing kids that have disabilities. So kids in wheelchairs that are actually reading our book mm-hmm. is just amazing. So having that feedback as well is just, confirm that this is something that there's definitely a need for um and and you know these are stories that we also have featured on the instagram page so it's just it's really neat to be able to take something that did provide that therapeutic quality during you know an uncertain time for so many of us and then to get that feedback that it, it made a difference even in a small way sure absolutely yeah and then what about like other than that what do you guys do to keep yourselves mentally healthy or you enjoy a glass of wine in the evening kind of girls or no (laughs) every day (laughs) days that end in y yeah go ahead Amory and then I'll I'll go for it I think just going for walks that's something that we've Mm. been doing um quite a bit just getting out, right? Just just realizing that there's a whole world around you because I think sometimes you can just get so caught up in, you know, the small things and, you know, and especially just watching the news, even though I want to watch the news and I want to be educated, it's just kind of putting a limit to, you know, how much I can take in. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that there's things that I can do, just, you know, stepping outside. Um, I like to kayak. I like to be, you know, outdoors with my dog, Sammy, um, and just, yeah, just getting a bit of fresh air and yeah. just realizing that, okay, there's a lot of uncertainty and that's okay. It's normal to, to have this anxiety and then just using this, the tools that I've worked in the past to kind of bring that anxiety down, mm-hmm. um, right? Like knowing that it's okay to have a bad day or it's okay yeah. to be feeling a whole range of emotions, right? Um, and just you know, being open about it and then just trying to find those tools, you know, that mm-hmm. we have in our toolbox to, to best cope with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think, you know, and it's realizing it's okay to, you know, call a trusted person when you need mm-hmm. to talk to them. It's okay to need medication. It's okay to need therapy. It's okay to need whatever it is that you need to sort of, yeah. um, you know, make, things okay for yourself because I um my dad had passed away in 2018 okay Mm -hmm. so shortly before the pandemic and it was it was not so much um uh his passing that was I was finding very difficult to cope with he had suffered a tremendous amount before he -hmm. actually passed away and that was the part and um so I started to talk to someone about grief and about you know I I found a grief therapist and we were talking and she said you know one of the things we all have to do in the world is learn how to be okay with things that aren't okay yeah and they won't be okay right it's not okay that someone suffers it's not okay that there's a global pandemic where you know millions of people are are ill or passing away or or having long effects and I think Amory's point about recognizing that it's okay to not be okay with things that are not but to find what you can do to become okay with it and so for me um it is the occasional glass of wine not gonna lie Um, (laughs) good good yes but it but walking is very helpful Mm -hmm. watching charlie my dog 
run, yeah. play outside, which is like total freedom and abandon mm-hmm. is a great thing. Um, exercise was a, a part of it for me, just like moving my body in whatever yeah. way that I could. Whatever you can, yeah. Yeah. Um, yoga, meditation, terrible meditator, but I try. Oh, I know <laughs> Yeah, but I'm reading an interesting book right now that's saying, you know, meditation teaches us be in the present moment, but watch all of your thoughts pass by. And they're saying that's basically an impossible challenge for the brain because that's not what our brains are designed to do. Exactly. But yeah. what you but what you can do is I think zoom back from the things. You're not standing right up close to them and freaking out. You have a healthy distance from yeah, whether that's not watching the news 24-7. Like I think so much of us were doing at the beginning of the pandemic to just try to understand what's happening. What do I need to do to keep safe and keep the people around me safe? It was, there was a protective factor, but at a certain point, I think stepping back from that, like Anne-Marie was, was healthy and helpful. Um, So yeah, there's lots and it's, it's a different thing every day that helps you to get through. Right. Yeah. Sometimes just a nap is really helpful. Water is really helpful. (laughs) True. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm feeling a certain kind of way and I'm like, what is this? And I get into all these complicated things in my yeah. head and I'm like, you're probably just thirsty. Yes. Probably just need a glass yeah, of water. And just... glass of water. <laughs> yes, it's true. Right. So I think it's just different all the time, but those are some of the things that, and like I'd already discussed, like the reading and the writing, those were just yeah. things that helped me to zoom back from the intensity of whatever moment. yeah yeah no that's good and I love talking about you know it's okay to not be okay we did a big campaign through cerebral palsy Alberta about that you know with parents being home with their kids and and it's a struggle you know so we were always you know putting that out and reminding them it's okay if you're overwhelmed it's okay to not be okay and you know, like, that's really important because that helps remind people that they're not the only one. Yes. Not okay. I think sometimes that's what keeps people from admitting it because I'm the only one. I'm the only, and and you feel ashamed. Like everyone else seems to be coping so well. And I'm like, so, but when you have someone you trust enough to be able to talk to about it, it helps, um, kind of normalize things in a sense where like oh gosh okay I wasn't the only one feeling this way because it's totally valid to feel this way in that situation so yeah however you're feeling I know I used to feel bad when you know my daughter she's 12 but when she would just talk so much and then I'd be like oh I just need a break but then I'd be like oh but I know so many parents that are wishing their kids would talk you know and and then I'm like no but it's okay because this is my experience you know and right now if I hear the word mom one more time I'm gonna flip out (laughs) it doesn't mean you're not grateful she can't speak it just means you need a little tiny break it's from all the tiny yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think my mom would concur with that assessment. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. And this is like in Amarino's story, but it's a very personal story. So we'll just keep it between you and your listeners. But sure. um, my dad's literal last words to me on this earth were you talk too much. That was honest <laughs> to God what he said to me. And I, it couldn't have been more perfect. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But that tracked for me and our relationship. So it was good. <laughs> that is so funny. My grandpa always used to say I was like a, a seagull. If I, I'm going to swear, if I wasn't shitting, I was squawking was what he oh. always used to say. 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I get wow, it. Grandpa didn't hold back. Jeez. No. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, at least we, we know ourselves and the people around us know it too. Exactly. So own it. We own it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos, do you have any more questions about the book or anything before we move on to our no, I, most I important was, part? Uh, <laughs> I think it was so yeah we're our podcast is called my life without limits so i'd like to hear from both of you what life without limits because i would think that shadow lives his life without limits charlotte probably lives her life without limits and together <laughs> they do that so what does life without limits mean to both of you and do you feel that you live a life without limits that's a good question. Yeah, it is. It's a tricky one. It seems simple, yeah. but it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, in the ways that matter, mm-hmm. I am limitless in terms mm-hmm. of my free mind and my free heart and an yeah. open spirit. Um, but for me, in a practical sense, like right here on earth, like those are big picture sort of things, right? Like you to be free in your own mind in your own heart and your own whatever but for me like it in a practical sense a life without limits means I understand what some of my limits are right yeah and because I understand them I can actually be free inside of my own life right Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to think you know I think neurosurgery would be a great option for me because I understand yeah. how my hands function and that would yeah. be a limitation and I also understand my intellectual capabilities which would right. keep <laughs> so it's really hard to feel free when you're in limitless when you don't understand what some of your and it's not a, it's not a criticism of myself no. or anyone else we no. all have limits right and yeah. so to understand them and to operate within yeah your reality I think allows you to be free and that doesn't mean that there are times when someone said to me you know you probably shouldn't do that thing and I was like oh I'm gonna do that thing because I knew I could right like I knew if I pushed hard (laughs) enough I could do it that's a form of being limitless too yeah I don't think it's an either or I think it's an and either and kind of yeah. situation yeah so, like recognizing your and, limits and accepting and. them yeah <laughs> both yeah. and sorry I miss yeah. often. No. but <laughs> so so for me a life without limits is being free and mm-hmm. doing what I want to do within the bounds of what I can actually succeed at and yeah. then subsequently feel good about that's what's going to make me yeah feel free yeah um Amory, I'm turning it over to you. <laughs> I think for me, it's it's taking a look at um, how I can get myself out of my comfort zone. So mm. I think uh, mm. one thing that I learned uh, from a former teacher and who was a mentor of mine, she talked about um, the importance of stressing a plant, right? So if you think of a plant and if it's in sort of perfect conditions with sunlight and you know the soil quality, the plant doesn't really 
get to its full potential, right? Yeah. But in other cases where, you know, maybe it doesn't have a guarantee of the best conditions and, you know, maybe there's some challenges that it has to go through, it really forces that plant to, to grow and, and right. to develop in ways that maybe it didn't know it was possible um, in, in doing so. So I think that's something that is important to me because I, I think so much of, of what we do is we want to resist that change. Mm-hmm. We want to kind of stay in our comfort zone um and i mean particularly we've been talking about the pandemic like that's something that all of us can relate to doing yeah. right like we want to right. go back to what we did and even yeah. now like we're trying to go back to what it was like before the pandemic but things have changed so mm-hmm. i think it's keeping that in mind um just always being open to learn um and and always thinking about okay is this a new experience is it creating that anxiety? Is it creating, you know, some discomfort and and how I can kind of push myself, um, you know, personally and professionally to to get to where I I need to to be in order to grow, right? Because that's something that we should be doing every day, and it's not, you know, going to the extreme. It's just taking yeah. these little steps that we can we can take, and all of us can do it to to improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love everybody's answers. Everybody's I, I just got it. such great really views. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, there's no right or wrong, you know, in my opinion. And, but we were, we're learning quite a lot from everybody. About very different from everyone. And this one's very, very interesting as well. Very good. Yeah. That's great. No, thank you so much for being here. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah, we'll make sure that we have links in the show notes to your, where the people can get your book and to your Instagram, where they can learn a little more about service dogs. I think that's great. It's, it's, it's good to have all that out there. I remember when I first learned about, you know, leaving them alone, like, you know, like when you see a service dog or any dog, everybody's first instinct is to go to them. But I can remember when I first learned that, no, they're working, you know, that you can't bother them. They have a job to do. And and if you go and distract them, they might not get to do what they're supposed to do. So I think all that kind of stuff is very important. Yeah. For people to know. We hope our, our book and our work through our social media can shine a light on all of those things. And thank you for helping us to do so and giving us this great platform that we will, once, once everything's up, we would love to, you know, circle back to your podcast through our social media and um, let everyone know that we've, we've been here and the great work that you guys do as well. So you're doing really important work. Yeah. yeah, we're proud of just have or just happy to give a platform too for people to get their stories out there. And um, it's just funny how we always talk because it was always like based around Carlos, his experience of having cerebral palsy and all this. But then it's and it still is because I know that we have a lot of guests on where him, Carlos can really share experiences with someone else. But yeah, it's just finding that it's really important for other voices to get out. And if we can help people you know, and amplify those voices, then that's exactly what we want to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank thank you. you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for coming. Thank you again for being, being advocates of, of our inclusion world that it should Mm -hmm. be. Right. Um, Mm And thank you so much for that because we need more people. I always said we need more people like you guys who are mm-hmm. out there because there are not that many people that are doing this, even though uh, some people might think so. I think we still need more people more. that yeah. are doing to do this type of job uh, so that we can 
put a little bit of ourselves to change a little bit of the world, right? So yeah. we might not be able to change it all, but maybe a little bit at a time that mm-hmm. will work the best. So thank <laughs> you so much for for that and for coming. And thank you for everyone who's listening today, who will be listening. Make sure you look at the description, at the link description to check on Anne-Marie's and Christine's book. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so make sure to, we will have all the details there. I also yeah. would like to encourage you to join all of your listeners who have somebody with you to join the Instagram page to see our postings, mm-hmm. spread the word. If you have anybody who might be wanting to be a guest, like this wonderful ladies, make mm-hmm. sure to let us know. And, uh, and we'll be able to lo- love to have you as well on our show. And so thank you so much. Thank you, Leah. Is there anything else you want to say? No, nope, I'm all good. Thank well, you. We've got lots so of great guests lined up. So yeah, we do. we're just going to get right back into the groove. We do. We do have a couple more guests to come up and, and we'll be excited to, to, to continue this work. So thank you so much to everybody. And um, please remember to live your life without limits. See you Bye-bye. later.